Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 13th of December. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. And of course, we got a ton of action going on. All of our favorite sports are happening. All the major pro sports that are in action this week. We got the college football playoffs. They're ready to get going. Bet online, your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Glad to have you guys here with us. We're right smack in the middle of the week, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have fun today. It doesn't mean we gotta don't have a great show planned. Uh, I hope everybody's recovered somewhat, at least a little bit, from the Dolphins on Monday night. And I told you guys, look, you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be really upset, but eventually you got to shake that shit off. I told you, some of you guys got to butch up. And like I did this during, or I do this, you know, during during the, the Heat playoffs always. And not as much during the Panther playoff run this past year. Because, man, the Panthers went a stretch at one point where they had won like 11 out of 12 games or something right in the playoffs. So it wasn't as much for the Panthers. What did the Panthers do there? They won the final three against Boston. Then they won four out of five against Toronto. So that's seven of eight. And then they swept Carolina. That's 11 of 12. Yeah, so... It didn't happen very much in the Panther playoff, but like the Heat playoff, and I understand we're talking playoff games, but in the Heat playoff, you lose, like everybody starts freaking out. This shit's hard, man. And the reason that you're freaking out about the Dolphins is because, yeah, we're trying to win a Super Bowl here. So yes, it's playoff games compared to regular season games, but we know how high the stakes are. You know, the Heat, the Panthers, 
and especially the Heat based on what we saw last year, just get into the playoffs. But with the Dolphins, we know there is such a major difference between getting into the playoffs as a wild card, getting into the playoffs and hosting a playoff game, getting into the playoffs if you're the number two seed, hosting two playoff games, or the number one seed where the Super Bowl goes through Miami and you get a bye. Look, I got a bye in my fantasy playoffs this weekend. I know how important it is to perform and get that bye. So that's why we're so upset, right? Because it was right in front of us. And it goes back the last time that the Dolphins were 9-3, and three, right? I mean, they, they were 9-3 and three, now 9-4. The last time they were 9-3 and three was back in 2003. And that was also the last time that the Dolphins controlled their own fate the last couple games to get the number one overall seed. If I'm remembering correctly, and I'm pretty sure I am. So the Dolphins were 9-3, and three, but then they were 10-4. and four. They were 10-4. and four. And if they win their final two games, first place in the AFC playoffs, back then the top two got a bye, but first place in the AFC playoffs, the final two games, at Minnesota, at New England. Win those two games, 12-4, first place. And the game against Minnesota, the Dolphins are ahead. They're ahead late. I think it was a field goal that they made to go ahead, and Olinda Mare kicks the ball out of bounds. Kickoff out of bounds. Vikings get the ball in the 40. They score. They win the game. Fucking disaster. And remember, that was... I've told you guys this before, right? If you're a longtime listener of Zaslow Show 2.0, I've told you guys this, guys, this where I, I had a moment where th- there was an incident, if you will, that where, like, I realized I got to change some things in my fandom. And that being... I used to get mental about Dolphin games. Uh, Just crazy about Dolphin losses. And and I'm so glad, like I said yesterday, it's liberating to not lose... Well, I may have lost a little bit of sleep Monday night. That loss was tough. But it's liberating not to have it ruin my week. It used to. I know a lot of you guys, it still does. Maybe some of you also just... Because you've gotten a little bit older and priorities change. But I had a moment where it was that Minnesota game. And I was watching at my father's house. And when they lost there to Minnesota, because we know to get to the Super Bowl, you got to have the home field. All right. And especially a warm weather team like the Dolphins. So they lose that game. And my behavior was it it was an abomination. And my father said to me something along the lines of, I don't like watching games with you anymore. And I'm sure he didn't mean it as something for me to be upset about. But it got to me. And, and, and like I was, upset, I was upset with me. It got to me. And in that moment was when I realized... Now, now, I didn't change overnight. But it was that moment that led me to say, I got my father who doesn't want to watch games with me anymore. And I know my behavior is porous. So I need to do something here. And it was that moment where, yeah, I... I, I decided to really work on my behavior when it comes to Dolphin games. It was a process, but I, like, I'm glad I did. And then, of course, the next week, and I, I, I've told some version of that story before. And, and then the next week at New England was the game where Dolphins are ahead late. 
They're backed up in their own end zone. They got the ball, like, inside the five. It's late in the game. Dolphins are ahead by, like, four. And so much snow. That was the snowball game. So much snow. And Fiedler throws pick six. Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi intercepted uh, my colleague, ESPN. Teddy Bruschi intercepts, scores a touchdown. And that was all the snowballs flying in the air in the stadium. That was that famous snowball game. And 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 now it's where Wanstead, we're, we're obviously rightfully critical. You got Ricky Williams. You're backed up against your own end zone. They're having Fiedler throw the ball back to the goalposts. Give the ball to Ricky Williams. And so, Dolphins, instead of, <coughs> instead of winning those two games, which they were up late in both of them, They'd have been first in the AFC. They missed the playoffs entirely. 10-6 and six missed the playoffs entirely. Because they, they didn't make the playoffs either those first two years at Ricky Williams. Missed the playoffs entirely. So that was the last time the Dolphins were 9-3. and three. Now, and they ended up being 10-4. and four. Right now, they are 9-4. and four. But, I, I, like I told you yesterday, I'm not ready. I'm not saying this is December swoon. I think the Jets are coming in here this weekend. Uh, this Dolphin team has said over and over again that... They're not the same team. I also don't believe that, you know, the, 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 the sins, the failures of Dolphin teams, the, those December collapse, you know, every time Hanukkah rolls around, and tonight, seventh crazy night, every time Hanukkah rolls around, we know that that was a December swoon, all right? I'm, I'm not ready to say that this time around, but I think they get a good win against the Jets this weekend. I don't think it's going to be easy because the offensive line obviously has problems. The Jets' defense is so good. Zach Wilson came off, well, not a good game, good fourth quarter. Game was scoreless at halftime. They ended up scoring 30 points, 30-6 to six over Houston. I think they win this week, and hopefully that prepares them for the final three games because right now, uh, I think Dallas is absolutely a Super Bowl contender. So, yesterday, I, I, I asked, I didn't get around to it yesterday, so I want to do it today. Yesterday, I, by the way, it's Wednesday, so you know what we do, and we're looking forward to week 15, so we're going to tell you which teams, uh, fan bases are going through good times, and which ones are going through hard times, daddy, so we're going to do that coming up as well. I also, real quick, before I, before I get to this on Twitter that I wanted to, I, I wanted to give a shout out, Pablo Torre finds out, Pablo Torre, who's been really good to me, nice dude, and he, his show is killing it, like, doing great numbers, I guess. I don't watch it all the time, but I, 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 I try and catch a bunch of episodes when I can. And yesterday, he, the most recent episode of Pablo Torre finds out, it, it's talking to this reporter, and they're talking about what's going on. Not necessarily what's going on with Israel and, and Hamas or, you know, Gaza, however you want to look at it. But they're, they're, they're talking about how the, the war has weaved into, uh, there's this soccer team in Israel. And there's a lot of political, there's a lot of political, not difficulties, what's the word I'm looking for? But there's a lot of political issues that come with this soccer team. The far right in Israel, the left in Israel. There's a lot of gross stuff that's happening there. Look, I'm obviously a thousand percent pro-Israel. But that doesn't mean that I agree with everything that's going on. Just like, I'm a thousand percent pro-United States. I love this country. But I'm not, I don't agree with everything that goes on in this country. I don't agree with everything that goes on with the government in this country. It's the same thing. Like, you could be a thousand percent, like I'm Jewish, obviously. 
but that doesn't mean that I agree with everything that, that Israel does. Now, I let's make no bones about this. I 1,000% uh, feel Israel has every right to defend themselves. Every right. Like, full stop. But... I don't agree with everything that goes on over there. And and there's a lot of... So they were talking about this soccer team and the political leanings of these... Like the, the, the groups, the fan base that likes the soccer team. And there's some gross shit that they do. You know, not the soccer team, but the fan base of this soccer team. And their hatred toward Arabs. And, you know, like... Not all Arabs are anti-Semites, and not all Arabs are bad people. The same way in this country we deal with, you know, Muslims. Not all Muslims are terrorists and bad people. Like, come on, that's stupid. Like, come on. And so it's it's really interesting, the story that, that Pablo did, where they're talking about this soccer team and how uh, the war has, you know, now plays a part of it. And and there's this super fan of one of the, of the soccer team who is one of the hostages by Hamas right now. And he has the mother on, and he's talking to the mother, which, I mean, God bless this woman. How did she even do this interview? And, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get, well, they're trying to get all the hostages back, but they're telling the story of this kid who's this huge, he's this super fan. It, you know what it'd be like? It'd be like if, if Clipper Darrell, you know, legendary Clipper fan, if Clipper Darrell was, was taken hostage by Al-Qaeda. Like, that's... That's the same thing that's going on there. This super fan of the soccer team is one of the hostages that Hamas has taken. In the last video they they saw, you know, it's like cell phone video when he was kidnapped at the festival, his uh, his arm was blown off by a grain. Like he's bleeding and he's covered in blood. And his arm is blown off, and you got this poor mother. It was two months ago now uh, that he was kidnapped, and and this poor mother doesn't know. Like like she knows that her son's arm was blown off. I think it's maybe like 18 years old, and but she doesn't really know if he's alive or what's going on. And like I said, God bless this woman that she could even keep it together and talk to Pablo. But I sent Pablo a message yesterday. I was like, uh, I was like, dude, like really good job, man, with that story. Because like I said, I'm I'm obviously interested in it from a from a Jewish and and, and Israel perspective, but there there's some fucked up shit that's going on there too. That you know, if you if you are Jewish and if you're pro-Israel. You shouldn't necessarily love either some of the stuff that was coming out of, you know, the story that Pablo was covering. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to give mention to, to Pablo's show. And he's doing a really awesome job. And I, I really enjoyed, even though some of it's disturbing, I really enjoyed the episode that, that I watched yesterday about this Israeli soccer team. Really good job, Pablo. All right, I know you're listening. So, anyway, I asked Dolphin fans... I asked them, I, did I send it out yesterday morning? Uh, yeah, maybe yesterday morning. And so I, I, I sent out on Twitter yesterday. I feel like this is a good way because we can't take calls, right? So I feel like this is a good way sometimes to get listener interaction, you know, where I could pose like questions. You know, yesterday I posed a question on Twitter and I, and I read the responses and I, you know, I read your Twitter handle. So now you're very famous because I mentioned you on Zaslow show 2.0. And, and I asked if, if you left the game early, like, are, are you mad that you, that you missed that finish? And the huge consensus was they're glad they left early because who would want to watch that finish? Okay. And so I also yesterday tweeted out, what are some of the things you do to feel better 
after your team suffers a brutal loss. Now, I don't I don't have anything that I that I do to feel better. And you know, for instance, the, uh, maybe drink, you know, when the Heat lost game 6 to the Celtics this past postseason, and it looked like, the, and then they were going to game seven in Boston, and it looked like they were going to be the first team ever to blow a 4 3 lead. It was Derek White right at the buzzer. That's the worst I've ever felt after any loss. Part of it because I was drinking heavily throughout the game, but also I, you know, that's a forever loss if you blow a 3 0 lead. And I just sat in my, on the Zaslow Mansion patio by the pool. I just sat there and stared into the abyss. I was. I sent my wife, she was upstairs laying down, and I sent her a message, can you come outside and be with me? I've never felt worse about a loss. And, well, that's not the same thing about Monday night. I know a lot of you guys are really upset, rightfully so. So, I tweeted out, what are some of the things you do to feel better after your team suffers a brutal loss? So, let's go over some of these. My man, Steven... He's, he, uh, he responds with, tweet. So I'm assuming that's just like he, he gets it all off his chest. He just sends out a bunch of tweets. Kane Man says, it was already planned, but jump on a plane to watch the Panthers in Seattle Tuesday night and Vancouver on Thursday night. So yeah, obviously that's planned. But if I was, if I was Kane Man, yeah, I wouldn't feel so bad because it'd be the next morning like, all right, I'm going on a really cool trip to go see the Panthers lose 4 nothing, and then go to Vancouver Thursday. Uh, Luis Di Cardenas, he says, listen to you and other sports radio guys. I got to tell you, I do the exact opposite. I, if, you know, when I'm on the way home from the game on Monday night, fucking make me put on the Dolphins postgame show. Not a chance. We put music on right away. I don't want to go near... Any sports talk after a loss like that. That's interesting that that's what Luis does. Uh, Kuzma Stylist. Oh, big fan. Kuzma Stylist responds with, he smokes a sack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Let's see. Jay says, eat ramen noodles. This goes back to the Elway deep in the playoffs days and went out early. (coughs) So I guess like he, he, you know, loved Marino so much, didn't like Elway. But I, I don't understand the eat ramen noodles. Uh, Maximilian responds with a gif of Tony Stark taking a, a, a drink of, uh, a drink of bourbon. So he drinks. I understand that. Vlad responds with play the same opponent on a video game and take out your frustration. You see all those videos all the time, right? Where then you beat the team a hundred to nothing on Madden. Grassman says, I watched Trish Stratus and Stacey Keebler go at it back in the day. Ah, look. Good old-fashioned WWF brawn panties match. Who, who doesn't do that when they're feeling down? Let's see. J. Doe, a, Elias Mike, oh, alias Mike, says, sit in a dark room and mumble. Yeah, that was kind of like me after game six heat Celtics. My man Josh Olive says, wait for the Panthers to play. Uh, play again. Uh, it didn't go well last night. 4 nothing loss. Yoni responds with, dig a hole in the park and jump in. All right, so Yoni's killing himself. I'm sorry to hear that. Spazzy responds with, he eats Flanagan's, so he's going to eat his feelings. Understandable. Trent C. gets stoned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fins up 561 responds with circumcision, so he cuts his dick off. Jerry's son says, go to work, work extra hard and fast. The day moves quicker, and you forget about everything else. All right. Miami sports guy, after his team suffers a brutal loss, he does drugs. 
JJ, stare at the ceiling until the pain is so numb, I can maybe get 30 minutes of sleep. Yeah, I can understand. Ah, the artist, a captain, great Dolphin fan. He beats off. Mike in West Palm, constantly shit on them through tweets. Then I calm down and move on. And finally, Steve, for a non-playoff loss, just sleep it off and I'm good. How about that? Of all, I read a lot of responses there. Of all those responses, one, Steve is the only one that is not responding with something super dramatic and that is able to, I guess, I don't know if it's have perspective because you're allowed to be mad, but Steve's the only one who's like, damn yeah, good. It's not a playoff game. It happens. Good for you, Steve. Good perspective out of you. And uh, I think that's a fun thing to like, pose questions like that every now and then. It's a good way to get everybody involved. You know what's also a good way to get everybody involved in the show? When I tell you about some of our amazing sponsors. I mean, you know the way this works, right? In order to keep the show for free, and the show's always going to be free. I'm never going to charge you guys. But the point is, in order to essentially keep the show going, you got to support the sponsors that support this show. So let me tell you about Sheets and Giggles, all right? Well, my man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, when I was able to get him on board Zaslow Show 2.0 earlier this year, that's when everybody knows, like, whoa, Sheets and Giggles. They were on the Lebetard Show. He's Lebetard, super fan. They're on the Greg Cody Show podcast featuring Greg Cody. Now they're on Zaslow Show 2.0. Oh, now you know the show's going somewhere. If you don't know about Sheets and Giggles, go to SheetsGiggles.com. You're going to get the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets you've ever slept on. That's right. Made from eucalyptus trees. You know a koala sleeps up to 18 hours on a eucalyptus tree? You know that? You know how comfortable a eucalyptus mattress is? I got my eucalyptus pillow. I got the comforter, the sheets, the, the blankets. Oh, my God. SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. Get 20% off at checkout. That's right. First time you're on there, use promo code Zazlo, 20% off at checkout, and then you're never going to have to worry about where you're going to get your bed sheets. You're always going back to SheetsGiggles.com where you're constantly getting promo codes. Follow them at SheetsGiggle on SheetsGiggles on Twitter. You're always going to get the promo codes and the sales, but make sure you use promo code Zazlo, 20% off your first order. SheetsGiggles.com. So I saw yesterday ESPN, they... They asked the question, was, was Monday night a bad game or a bad sign for the Dolphins? I think it was a bad game. I think it was a bad game because, and look, all the good teams, Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, all the good teams have a loss to a bad team. That was my biggest sticking point with the Dolphins was they don't get tripped up by the shitburger teams. Can't I can't say it anymore. I, I lose that battle now. Everyone has a bad loss throughout. In today's NFL, everyone has a bad loss. I think it was a bad game. What would make it a bad sign, and Connor Williams out for the year, but would make it a bad sign is if Tron Armstead doesn't return. If Robert Hunt doesn't eventually return. If Tyreek Hill were hurt for a long period of time, that would, that would make it a bad sign because the main reason that Monday night happened was because they were without three of their starting offensive linemen, one of them now out for the year in Connor Williams, and Tyreek Hill was hurt for pretty much the whole game. 
If none of those guys were returning, bad sign. Because they're not going to be able to overcome that. But you're going to get Armstead back. Eventually, you're going to get Robert Hunt back. The center situation's bad. And Tyreek Hill looks like he's going to wind up being okay. So, I'm going with bad game. But if those guys, like, if this team continues to suffer injuries, then it's going to become bad sign. So, I go bad game. I also, you know, while Tua, or I say Tyreek, Tyreek's case for MVP got stronger with the way the team performed without him on Monday night. But here's the thing. If he doesn't get 2,000 yards, and maybe not even 2,000 yards in 16 games, like, the voters may hold it against him if he gets 2,000 yards in 17 games. Because, yes, while that would be the all-time record, you're getting an extra game to do it. If he doesn't get 2,000 yards in 16 games, and a major reason for that would be Monday night, where I think he only had, what, 69 yards, 63, 69 yards, that's giving the MVP... To a non-quarterback, it has to be special circumstances. And Monday night's loss and production from Tyreek Hill puts a huge damper in his chase for 2,000, especially through 16 games. Because look, 9-4, three more games, right? Dolphins played 13 games, so he's got three more games to get to 16, four more for the entire season. Tyreek Hill on the season right now I think he's close to 1,400 yards. Let's see here. All right. Tyreek Hill on the season has thirteen, has 1,500, excuse me, way more than that, 1,542 yards. All right. So he's four, I'm doing it with you guys. He's 458 yards away, right? 458 yards. If we want him to do it in set for the season, all right? If we want him to do it for the season, we're talking four more games left. So he's going to have to average a little over 116 yards over these next four games. I mean, obviously doable, tough, but doable. If he's going to get it in the 16 games, now this is extremely tough. Because to get it in 16, which would have really helped his MVP case, you got to do something extraordinary if you're not a quarterback, right? Getting 2,000 yards, the all-time record, and getting 2,000 yards, that would be extraordinary, especially if you make it comparable to what Calvin Johnson and all the other receivers of the past did. Do it in 16 games. Now to do it in 16 games, wow, he needs to average almost 153 yards per game over the next four. That's not going to happen. That's asking a little bit too much. That's not going to happen. So... That's that that was a major problem with Monday night as far as the MVP conversation goes for Tyreek. I would also say Tua is no longer in the MVP conversation. Can't do it. Tua's not he's completely out of the MVP conversation. You're talk I think Dak Prescott right now is the front runner. You got Prescott, you got Hurts, you might have Purdy. And you should have McCaffrey too. And Tyreek Hill. Like, those are the five. Two has completely had the conversation now. Because if you're, if you're the MVP, you gotta be fair. I love Tua. But you gotta be fair. If you're in the MVP conversation, if you're gonna win MVP, even when you're missing pieces, top wide receiver, even offensive lineman, you need to be able to win that game for your team. 
And with the game on the line, Will Levis had two big-time drives. Tua couldn't do anything. Now, there are, other, there are other reasons why. We know this. But if you're the MVP of the league, you find a way to win that game amongst the most difficult of circumstances. And Tua didn't do that. Doesn't take away from the big picture and what I believe Tua can and will lead this team to. But for MVP, Tua's out of the conversation. Cannot, cannot be considered for MVP anymore. Gotta be fair. Gotta be fair. You know what else is fair? I always want to make sure I tell you guys about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. If you're thinking about getting a new ride, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the only car dealership I personally endorse. Now, why is that? Well, that's because when you go to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're getting that North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. That's right. You're getting extraordinary service. You're being treated like royalty every time you go to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, whether you're looking for a new car, whether you're getting your current vehicle serviced. And by the way, they service all makes and models, not just if you currently have a Subaru. And with an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model, you're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles come with a lifetime warranty, so you know that you're covered right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. It's a big event going on, all right? The 2023 Subaru Share the Love event, a portion of all new sales, goes to help local organizations in the community, plus lots of great offers right now, like a 2024 Subaru Outback Premium. You can lease for just $321 a month for 36 months, but $59.95 do it signing with approved credit, or a new 2024 Crosstrek for just $219 a month, 36 months, with $54.95 do it signing. Go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. So I got a bit of an easy night tonight. Here's what I got going on this evening. And tonight, the Panthers lost 4 nothing last night. There, there really isn't even... Uh, there really isn't even much to talk about with the Panthers from last night. I, I, I couldn't stay awake. I've been tired. Like I, Here's what I got going on, okay? Besides, it went to Monday Night Football on Monday. We're out really late. My my older son is, you know, is a soccer player. He plays for Weston Select, and he also plays for his school, Poznak. plays varsity. So he plays for club and school. And this is like every day. My younger son, Jordan, is also playing soccer now, rec soccer, for Cooper City Optimist Club. So every night, there's stuff going on, and my wife's over here, I'm over here, and it's constant running around. Tonight... Nothing. My son's got soccer practice after school, but that's it. Nothing else. And I am just looking forward to sitting at home tonight and watching the Heat game. That's right. Watching the Heat game, of course, with a Johnny Cuba in my hand. Official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. European roots of the Caribbean soul. A refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco, Moss. That's right. Be sitting around on the Zaslow Mansion family room couch in my underwear with a Johnny Cuba on my hand, just sitting back and enjoying the game. That's right. Make sure you always drink responsibly, and of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. So, I've been tired lately. And I could not stay awake for the... Panthers played 10 p.m. last night. I fought to stay awake through the second period. I was falling asleep. So I shut off. I'm like, fuck it. What am I doing here? I'll just, 
I'll just watch the third period in the morning. Uh, I'm recording the game. I record every game. So I woke. It was one nothing going into the third. I watched it this morning. They lost four nothing. Sucks. Not really much else to talk about. They're back in action tomorrow night at Vancouver. But I like. I can't tell you the last time I just sat at home and only the Heat were playing. I'm I'm really Heat and Hornets like whatever. I'm really looking forward to just watching the Miami Heat tonight on the Zazzle Mansion family room couch with a cold Johnny Cube on my hand and, of course, in my underwear. So I'm looking forward to doing nothing but watching the Miami Heat tonight. And so Lowry is still out. I, I'm Lowry. Hero's still out. I think he's out for another week. Highsmith's out. Adebayo's out. But I want to talk about this. And I mentioned this a little bit, I think, yesterday. Maybe it was Friday last week. When Hero returns, what do we do? Because Caleb Martin looks back. Caleb Martin now looks once again like the Caleb Martin. I I mean, I don't know, postseason Caleb. Postseason Caleb's a hell of a player. I mean, postseason Caleb thinks he's the best player on the team. I don't know if that's where we're at. But Caleb Martin now is finally looking like he's back. He is healthy. Just the last... I mean, man, I'm looking at now his last seven games. All right, so this dates back to November 25th. His last seven games. Uh, at Brooklyn, 22 points, seven rebounds, nine of 18 from the floor. Versus Milwaukee, 14 points, six of 11 from the floor. Versus Indiana, 14 points, five rebounds, five of nine from the floor. Versus Indiana, 18 points, eight of 15 from the floor. At Toronto, 24 points, 12 rebounds, 9 of 16. Versus Cleveland, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 6 of 15. That's his only under 500 shooting game, 50 percent shooting game. And at Charlotte, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 of 14 from the floor. He has been fantastic. And just because the stats are easily easily ready in front of me right now, Four games here in the month of December, he's averaging 19 points, seven rebounds, four assists, shooting 50% overall, 44% from three. The point that I'm trying to make, Caleb Martin is going to start when Tyler Hero comes back. Caleb Martin is going to continue to start for this team, or at least he should. Adebayo, Butler, you kn- those three are locked in. So what about the backcourt? Well, Duncan Robinson... Duncan Robinson is having a hell of a season. So, makes no sense for Duncan Robinson to go to the bench the way that he can space the floor for Bam and Jimmy. And also, for that matter, for Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson right now is having a career high. 14.8 points, averaging three rebounds and three assists. He is shooting a career high 47.8%. He is shooting 42.6% from three. That's the second best of his career and is an elite number. Duncan Robinson needs to remain in the starting lineup. So then we're talking about one more position, and that's Kyle Lowry. At this point, what the hell are we talking about? Kyle Lowry, and and I know Lowry's playing hurt right now, and Lowry hasn't been terrible. He's He's had terrible games. Like, last game, he did nothing. I mean, he certainly had terrible games. But he has not been terrible overall for the season. But when Tyler Hero returns, Tyler Hero is still leading the team in scoring at 23 points per game. He's shooting 45% overall and 
50% from three. Kyle Lowry is averaging nine points per game, four rebounds, four assists. He shoots 43% overall, 42% from three. Not bad. The three is very good, actually. But isn't the whole idea making sure that Kyle Lowry is healthy and ready to go for the playoffs? Like, isn't that where we want to be, where he could do the veteran shit, make a play here, make a play there, and a guy that you're going to be able to count on, especially basketball IQ-wise, to help you out in the postseason, even if I don't even want him on the team anymore? Like, isn't that the M.O. to get to that place? I mean, Kyle Lowry, look, he's only missed one game so far this year. How about we give Kyle Lowry... I'm not even saying give him a break. You move him to the bench, you reduce the minutes... Tyler Hero needs to be in the starting group with those guys. And then off the bench, all right, when the time comes, it's Lowry, Richardson, Highsmith, Hawkes Jr., Kevin Love. I mean, that's how you roll. I would say even right now, before Hero comes back, like tonight, Richardson should get those minutes with the starting group. Now, start, come off the bench, it really doesn't matter. But I would reduce Kyle Lowry's minutes significantly at this point. I would do it all. I would throw him on the bench and put Tyler Hero in the starting lineup when he returns. But right now, until Hero even comes back, I would give Josh Richardson more minutes and take away from Lowry. Richardson has been very good. Very good. Especially of late. Like, you look at his numbers overall for the season. All right, they're fine. But Richardson got off to such a poor start. But you go back, like, look, Josh Richardson in the month of uh, month of November, excuse me, shot 45% from the floor for the month of November. And he did not have a good start to the season. And now so far this this month, the four games this month, uh, well, he, he just went over 7 last game. But for the four games this month, he's averaging 11 points per game off the bench. He's shooting 42% from 3, and that includes 0 for 4 this last game against Charlotte. I would give Josh Richardson Lowry's starting minutes. I'd give Lowry a little bit of a break. And when Hero comes back, he should be starting and Lowry should come off the bench. I I really don't see a a case for otherwise. I really don't. All right. We got some NBA stuff to get to here. So, last night, big story in the NBA, right? Draymond Green. Ejected once again. Draymond Green now. And we're in December. We're still in the first half of... December, Draymond Green has been ejected three times this year. Now, we, of course, remember it was a big story. Last night, the Warriors, they lost the Suns. Draymond Green got ejected last night for essentially punching Yusuf Nurkic. He did, uh, he spun around, punched him in the face. Nurkic goes down, flagrant foul two, ejected immediately, Warriors go on to lose. Warriors, by the way, right now, not a good team. 10 and 13. 11th in the Western Conference. Draymond Green ejected again. A ridiculous, ridiculous act. And look, his whole act is so tired. Everybody knows this by now. This is a violent person who is out of control and whose coach continues to stick up for him. Like, I'm... I was waiting, when I saw the post game from last night, I was waiting for Steve Kerr to say, just like when he was choking out Rudy Gobert, I was waiting for Steve Kerr to say Draymond somehow was sticking up for his teammates in this spot. So Draymond obviously gets thrown out. 
Here's Draymond Green after the game. He was pulling my hip, and I was swinging away to sell the call, made contact with him. Um, as you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell calls with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a call. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. And so, like I said, I apologize to you, Seth, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Have you seen the yeah. How did it look to you on the I mean, as I've said before, any replay, you know, if I go look at every replay of everything, um, a replay is they, it's never going to look good, you know, but... Like I said, I know my intentions. My intentions were to sell the call. Um, and you know, I also don't think I'm an accurate enough puncher to do a full 360 and, and, and connect with someone. Um, so it's unfortunate. This is an out-of-control, violent person. And when does it get to the point? I mean, punches out his teammate at practice, decides to choke out Rudy Gobert, and now, by the way, Draymond, it's not a 360, it's a 180. Does a 180, spins around, and punches Yusuf Nurkic. And by the way, for Draymond Green there to say, I didn't do it on purpose, I didn't mean to hit him, you guys know if I mean to hit someone on purpose, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. Draymond, why did you just stand there with this blank stare on your face instead of saying, you know, looking down at the guy you just clocked and said, hey man, you all right? My bad. This is a violent out of control. Like, maybe he blacks out in these moments. This is a violent, out of control person. And that's why he's going to get at least five games. Now, if this was any other player, maybe a game. Maybe you get a game. He's going to get at least five because of past history, but because they're only going to give him five, he's going to continue doing all this. I just, his whole act is so tired. And now look, the team stinks. They're not good. He's going to get at least five games. So we're not even in the middle of December yet, and he's going to be on a total of a 10-game suspension. 10 games suspended before the turn of the calendar year. And I would not be surprised if it's more than five. He is a lock to get five, at least. So, And, and here's also the thing with Draymond. Like, he sits there. In the post-game press conference, he's so much smarter than everybody else. He'll give you all the nuances of the game, right? Trying to tell you, I did this because this happened, and this happened. I spun this way, and he was holding my hip, and, and I did a 360, even though it's a 180. He's so much smarter than everybody else, right? Draymond, you're a maniac, and you're violent, and you're out of control. And Yusuf Nurkic said as much after the game. Like Yusuf Nurkic said, I, I don't know what his problem is. I'm glad he didn't choke me. There's something wrong with him. Yeah, that, that really is putting it most succinctly. There's something wrong with him. And here's why the NBA is going to give him at least five, and they may come down on him with more. What happens when they continue to go salt on Draymond Green, and eventually he starts a massive brawl? Then you're going to look back and say, Adam Silver, you could have ended this. You could have stopped this, and you keep pussyfooting around. And I'll tell you, I'm just, 
Look, Yusuf Nurkic is fine. He's a big boy. I mean, he would kill Draymond Green. He's fine. But if the time comes, he does this, and it happens to one of my players, one of the guys on the Heat, fuck, man. Like, what happens when he does something like this, and one of your players gets seriously injured? They need to come down hard on him. He's going to get at least five. And I don't want to hear from the union either, where they're coming out and they're defending him because it was a super hit big penalty. What about all the other members of the union who are on the, re- on the receiving end of his behavior? Yusuf Nurkic is in the union. Jordan Poole is in the union. Rudy Gobert is in the union. I understand it's the union's responsibility to protect and defend and stick up for their players. How about sticking up for all the other members? Who this guy is punching and kicking and choking and tackling. It's enough already. Let's get to good times and hard times, daddy. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard time. All right, you guys know how we do it. Good times and hard times every Wednesday as we look forward to the new week of NFL. We tell you which fan bases are feeling like they're having good times and which ones are having hard times, daddy. We'll start out with the team's fan bases that are having good times. And right now, number three, the Baltimore Ravens fan. The Ravens avoid a disastrous home loss against the Rams. And now they are in first place all by themselves with a game coming up in a couple weeks at home against the second place Miami Dolphins, which the Ravens are probably feeling pretty good about right now. Maybe looking to get a little bit of revenge last year for that huge comeback the Dolphins had on them at the beginning of last season. You remember that. Number three, Baltimore Raven fan is having good times. Number two, the Bills fan. After several weeks of hard times, daddy, the Bills fan is having good times. The Bills get a huge season-saving win at the Chiefs, and now they're looking at the AFC East Division crown again. Not just about making the playoffs, which right now, Buffalo's on the outside looking in, but Buffalo sees a path to the AFC's title again. So the Bills fan, number two, good times, and number one, Dallas Cowboy fan. They probably have the front runner for MVP in Dak Prescott. The Cowboys, second in the NFC, tied with San Francisco record-wise at 10-3, and and they just kicked the shit out of their rival, Philadelphia Eagles. That's a big-time win. So number three, Ravens fan is having good times. Number two, Bills fan is having good times. And number one, the Cowboys fan is having good times. Now, the teams that are having hard times, daddy, the Lions fan is going through hard times right now. Two of the last three weeks, you look at these losses for the Lions, at home against Green Bay, and now they get their ass kicked at Chicago. Detroit Lions fan is feeling like, damn, same old Lions. Number two, hard times being had for the Philadelphia Eagles fan after spending most of the season first in the NFC, and they're still 10-3, great record. Yeah, but they're fifth in the NFC now, and you go back to the last six drives, their defense faced against San Francisco, gave up a touchdown on all of them, and then you look at the performance that the Cowboy offense had against them. This Eagle defense looks to be in big trouble. Eagle fan is going through hard times right now. And the team's fan base that's having the hardest times right now, the Chiefs fan. The Chiefs 
a crushing loss at home to Buffalo, and yes, lots of crying, big-time crybabies, and major heel turn for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with all the bitching and moaning and crying. But the Chiefs fan has to realize at this point they are not the same team. Number three, Lions fan is having hard times. Number two, Eagles fan is having hard times. And the number one fan base that is having the hardest times this week, the Kansas City Chiefs fan. And that right there is another edition of Good Times and Hard Times, Daddy. That's right. So the big story in the NFL, though, yesterday, and it's come from multiple sources now, Bill Belichick's going to be fired. Although, he wouldn't be fired. It it would be a mutual parting of ways because you'd have to do, like, the respectful thing. The respectful. You'd have to show the respect to Belichick and tell him, look, we're going to say mutual parting of ways. But apparently, after their loss to Indianapolis in Germany, wherever it was, that it was decided that they are parting ways with Belichick after seeing that. They're going to move on from Belichick. So they're going to fire him, but it'll be a mutual parting of ways. Here's the thing. I get that news, and I'm like, good. I hate Belichick. I hate the Patriots. I like that he's going out like this, and I hope he goes out in shame. And most of all, I don't want him getting another 15 wins where he surpasses Don Shula for the all-time wins record. That's most important. But so, so I like it that he's going to get fired. And by the way, uh, Belichick deserves to go out on his own terms. Why? Brady didn't get to go out on his own terms. Brady didn't want to leave the Patriots. Brady didn't get to decide when it was time to go. That decision was made for him. And if Brady can get pushed out by Belichick, and we all know at this point how much more important Brady was than Belichick, probably most overrated coach of all time, Why does Belichick deserve anything? But here's the thing. As Dolphin fans, if we want Don Shula to remain atop the records list, don't we want Belichick to remain in New England? Because that team's not going anywhere. That team's not winning anything. They're not going to win enough games over the next few years for Belichick to surpass Don Shula. When the Patriots fire Belichick, and then he goes to a team that's much better than New England, he could wind up getting that record. So, the Belichick is going to get fired news. I greet that like, like with joy. I like that. But then you think about like, you know what? If Belichick's fired, that's a much easier way for him to surpass Don Shula. And get the record. Very confusing. That's a confusing scenario. Tell you what's not confusing though. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We'll start things off here today guys with. Alright so how about Cam Newton. I guess Cam Newton has a podcast. Everybody's got a podcast. Here's Cam Newton. And maybe you may be surprised with some of the quarterbacks that he labels as game managers. Brack parody like. But Brock let's. They're not winning because of him. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing the game. And if we were to put that in its own right as game managers, Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga Valoa, Jared Goff, and really, Dak Prescott. Mm. 
These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. That's, listen, motherfucker, I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, a game manager is different than a game changer. All right, I'm going not a big deal, but, uh, and may, like, I don't agree with Cam Newton there. Especially the Brock Purdy part, because, look, if anybody could do what he's doing there, why wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo doing that? Why wasn't Trey Lance doing that? Not anybody can do that. Brock Purdy's the one doing that. So, I don't agree with Cam Newton, but I'm going not a big deal, because, I mean, listen, Cam Newton played in the league for a long time, Cam Newton was an MVP. Allowed to have his opinion, even if I don't agree with it, allowed to have his opinion there, so I'm, I'm going not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Here are the Chicago Bulls. Adam Amin and Stacey King. Four of my play with you for you. Here is the Chicago Bulls TV broadcast last night when Nuggets star Nikola Jokic, he was ejected. Jokic is talking the whole time down. Yeah, I saw the official kind of point as if he was ejecting Jokic from the game. That can't be right, can it? Did he get ejected from the game? Wow. This happened against the Pistons a few weeks back as well for Come Denver. On. Now listen. Oh, that, listen, that's that terrible. Seems, that's, that's, that doesn't that's seem fair at all. That that's excessive. excessive. That's excessive. Yeah, I, I give, the guy, give the guy a tech. He, he should have got a tech down there. Tech, he should have sure. got fouled. But to eject the guy, come on now. That, I, I but mean, people didn't come to see the officials. Let's just be honest. They came to see the players. He's one of the players that people came to see. Give him a tech. He, he earns that. He's a two-time MVP. He earned the right to be able to communicate. Yeah, I'm going not a big deal. Like, I understand they're saying it, and they're the Bulls announcers, and it's at home in Chicago. And, yeah, people came out to see Nikola Jokic. He came out to see the two-time MVP and, and you know, uh, and NBA champion, world champion, Denver Nuggets. I get that part, but it, it, it was also learned that Nikola Jokic called the referee a motherfucker. You can't call referees motherfuckers. Matter of fact, it's way too much bitching and moaning by the NBA player. Shut the fuck up and play. And you certainly can't call the referee a motherfucker. So, yeah, nobody paid to see the referees. Still got to follow the rules. So I'm going not a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, my guy. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. I believe this was from Monday. I don't think it was yesterday. Here he is. He hates the Shohei Otani contract. They got to look into this and change this. This is, I've gotten six text messages as it is. Chris, you got to say something. This is a joke. Baseball is going to allow this. They're going to allow the Dodgers to, uh, to, to bring on Otani and allow them to defer all the money so they don't get sit there and they get murdered with the luxury tax to give them a chance to sign all these players? Why don't we just give the Dodgers every player? Give them Blake Snell. Give them the Yamamoto. Give them Otani. Give them everybody so they can win some championships. I haven't won in 100 years. Why don't we give them everybody? Is this what baseball wants? Well, if you were an owner of the Pirates or the Diamondbacks or more preferably in your own division, the Dodgers, the Rockies, you'd be racing hell with the commissioner. You're going to allow this? You're going to allow this contract to go down where they don't have to pay a luxury tax? This is why baseball has got to have a salary cap. I mean, this is why the sport's a joke. You can't take this seriously. Yeah, I'm going big deal. I don't know what, what's going to happen because, man, the Major League Baseball Players Union is so strong. that There's never going to be a salary cap. But 
it, 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 it does seem unfair that the Dodgers, and, and this player is is different in particular because he's making about $45 million a year in endorsements. So it's an amazing move by Otani saying, look, I, I want to win. I'm making enough money. Let's just defer the payments so you can bring in other players. But not every team, because there's no salary cap, not every team can afford to do that. So there's a major imbalance of power. It's a major imbalance of power already. And this exacerbates it because the Dodgers are like the richest. So I'm going big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal? Yes! Right. Today's show also brought to you in part by Bet Online. Can we start the show tomorrow with a Heat home win? I mean, they're only 5-4 and four at home tonight. Come on. Heat and Hornets this evening. We got AEW Dynamite tonight. Wrestling is, wrestling is cooking with gas right now. CM Punk back in WWE. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks, everybody, who listened to the show. Thanks to everybody who works so hard behind the scenes to make sure I put on a great show every single day. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, and right now, You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.